When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, April 1st, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the future class of video games, a.k.a. the OK Beast Blessing, Adioye Jr. Happy Friday, Greg. How many April Fool's jokes have gotten you so far? It's the usual where the first one gets me. The first one mm. of the day gets me. And I want. do you know which one it was? Did you see me uh, tweet it out today? Was was it Meta Cricket? No, oh, no. Okay. Oh, I guess that one did get me because that one, that one was one that got me. Where I was like, "What the fuck is happening here?" And I was like, "Oh wait, oh wait, I see." See, that one on. that was too meta. Post. I didn't even think about that. I, mm-hmm. I didn't even. I saw that Meta Cricket today said uh, Cuphead's a bad game, and I was like, "What?" And then I was like, "I didn't." People were already yelling at me. I'm like, "I didn't say this because <laughs> like, everybody expects me to be fucking over a Barrett." I didn't even catch it. That was an April Fool's. That's a good one, but it's like that's so low key. I didn't get it. Yeah. For me, it was the one, and I shit you not, that got me so excited and then heartbroken. When Spirit Halloween tweeted that they were going to open up some all-year stores, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, oh fucking goddamn it, it's April 1st. Oh, that's a really good one. Fucking Here's April my, Fools. I have. I don't know Hold how I feel about April Fool's Day anymore. The, What's up, Kevin? The, this one is not an April Fool's joke, though, right? No, that's, no. That, that's, that's real. Mario Sunshine is not good. No, Met- oh, Metacritic is spoken on that one. No, I didn't say it. That's not. You're I'm not following Metacritic. I'm blocking it. I don't know, man. I feel like they're they're spitting some facts there. Kevin, Shumari what happened to the time. marketplace of ideas in being challenged? You know what I mean? This is why in, you couldn't exist in a college class anymore because you wouldn't be there for the debate. I'd win that debate. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm I, – I, maybe it's this year specifically. Yeah. I feel like I'm jaded on April Fool's. I want to be excited. I want to get hyped. I want to take part of the festivities. But now I like I see all these April Fool's jokes on my timeline, which are a lot of them. And I don't know, like, I feel like maybe there's just an overabundance of them. I, it's hard to say, because I'm old. And so I do feel like the old person who's just done April Fool's enough where I don't need to be a part of it. And I've seen it on the internet so much, but I, it's so, and I wasn't there when it happened originally. Right. But some part of it is just like April Fool's on the internet peaked with IGN Zelda trailer. When they said they, when they went out of their way I to make that. it a Zelda movie trailer and put it out. And like, it was a time when. Not everyone on the internet did an April Fool's Day joke, but that one went so big that then it became a thing at IGN every year to do a giant tentpole April Fool's joke, which then I think runs it into the ground, and then everybody else chasing that. And if you followed me long enough, you know that I hate the term try hard when somebody's like, uh, Greg's a try hard at host or whatever. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course I'm trying hard. It's my fucking job and I love doing it, blah, blah, blah. You know, that kind of thing. Like, I don't like calling a person or a product like a show or whatever. That somebody, oh, that's try hard. April Fool's Days are pranks are the one time where I'm like, oof. Like, you can see how hard someone tried at this thing that, like, comedy so difficult that it was like, there must have been other people in the room like, I don't know if this is the play. And then somebody's like, no, I got it. And it's going to work. And we're going to do this. Even the... Like Stern's pinball did a Frasier table today as a joke, right? Which mm-hmm. I think is fucking hilarious. And like a lot of people are like, I would really buy this, blah, blah, blah. But the art was so bad for it. Like who would look at this and say this is a real thing? You know what I mean? Now, granted, I bid on the fucking Spirit Halloween thing, so who knows? Maybe that's the thing is that April Fool's has gotten so – like I always talk about the it's shattered like, pane of glass. It's like what is in your – what's in your lane? Yeah, exactly. Everybody wants to, to take a part. And I think like it's also the thing of comedy is so subjective. And so like yeah. to me, I look at – 90% of the April Fool stuff on my timeline and I'm like I don't know man this does like this doesn't feel like, like it's aligned with what I find funny but then I see like that 10% right yeah. where uh this morning Digino Gaming had for me what, what was a funny one which they were like oh yeah we're changing our brand from Digino Gaming to Digino Boobs and it's all gonna be like boob facts in video games and so you go through it and they're like yeah and, de- and dead or alive the higher you put you input your age when the, at the start of the game the more the boob physics are and I read that and I was like Oh, that's funny. Okay, I like that. But then I'm like, I'm sure plenty of people don't find that funny. I'm, I'm sure plenty of people are like, I don't know, man, that's kind of lame. But that's how I react to like 90% of the other stuff that I see. And so like, maybe I think that's where I'm getting at in terms of the overabundance, where like my timeline is filled with it. And so much of it is like, 
oh, whatever. I don't I, either. It's like either I don't get that joke or that joke's not for me or it's not something I find funny. And then also there's the thing of every single morning this week, I've been refreshing Twitter at like at the top of every hour expecting some big news to drop. I'm like, what is PlayStation? Like what is Project Spartacus did drop? But like what else is PlayStation doing? Yeah. What is Greg hiding? And I keep refreshing. And today I kept refreshing. And it was like, oh, it was always something wild and different from these different companies that they're putting out there. And I was like, ah, you know what? I guess PlayStation's probably not going to announce anything today because it's literally April Fools. And today would be the worst day to announce an acquisition or something crazy like that. Uh, and so I think April Fools just kind of ruined my hype for like big announcements on on this particular day also. I just saw that like while we were yeah in the meeting that or I guess right before the meeting that uh, Meta Cricket followed up with April Fools. Well, that's good. That's good. The the cricket doesn't get enough credit for being clever, you know. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if I would say it's the cricket not, has missed yet. I think the one well, oh, the cricket hasn't missed at all. No. I, well, I think there was there was one miss. I forget. I think it might have been Donkey Kong sixty four where the cricket was like Donkey Kong sixty four is not a good game. I think that was a miss. But besides that, I think the cricket's been spot on. I mean, the cricket, like I said, it's got to get out there and say its piece. You know, it's got to be out there and make anything. I almost today, I want you to know, I, I and when I say almost, I'm being, you know, maybe I'm giving myself a little bit too much leeway there, Kevin. You understand? Mm. But I did this morning at some point, maybe when I was out on a, in the middle of the night burping Benjamin, I was thinking it's April Fool's Day. I thought about shaving off my beard. I thought I just, about just being clean shaven <laughs> today. And I was like, eh, do I really then but want to I go through a month or whatever? Case, I guess a couple weeks at this in point. In that case, you're the fool. I'm going to be like, man, Greg's ugly. <laughs> and like that last, like that is something that lasts for months. Like you have to deal with the ramifications of that for the See, one I think it would go Like when I grew it out, I remember it being like a solid month before it looked good. But that was like years ago. And I remember for Extra Life 2020, right, where we shaved it down into the mustache or whatever. Mm. That I remember growing back like real fast. So I don't think it would take me as okay. long to grow back anymore. I have vivid memories of Tim shaving off all of his hair <laughs> on his head. Yeah. For, I think yeah, it was that, extra life. That wasn't a, a good idea. Ago. That wasn't a good idea. But he yeah, did and that was a kids. few months of like, oh man, you know, every every single time I'd sit down with Tim on KFG, I'd be like, man, you good? Like, you look different. <laughs> uh, before we get into the show proper, I do have breaking news from the chat. Mick Swiss 87 says, bless, take the tea bag out. Are you oversteeping your tea right now or whatever? I'll leave it. It's fine. It's uh, fine. He, Who cares? Know, in America. You can't oversteep bags in America. Lower altitude. Everybody knows that. Exactly, Kevin. You know what else people know? Tea. E3 is dead. Summer Game Fest lives, and The Division 2 has got a new mode that's being shown, but it's all complicated. We'll talk about all this and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Over on Patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can write in to be part of the show. You can get the show ad-free. You can get it with the exclusive post-show we do each and every weekday. But if you got no books to toss our way, it's no big deal youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com podcast services around the globe each and every weekday to get an episode of course chock full of ads no post show if you wanted some benefits you could watch us record the show live for free on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games if you're watching live on twitch like om jesus king of zero dylon dylon 12 i don't know that one didn't get all that one uh you have a special job go to kind of funny.com you're wrong tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight remember if you need another free way to support us you can use the epic creator code kind of funny on the epic game store or wherever you play fortnite rocket league or fall guys uh, i heard that dylon in chat spits hot fire who said that nobody said that so it's a reference the oh. people that know no they know greg don't is worry this like pushing p is this one of those things this is chappelle show Really? Wait. Well, yeah. I, I know. I know Chappelle show. When, what's the skit? Yeah, it's like oh, top five: Dylon, 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 and Dylon. Because I spit hot fire. That's like the bit. It's it's a reference to chat. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's like the real world. It's a reference to like some MTV show where like they had a dude named Dylon who was like a rapper, and he would talk about how like he's the greatest rapper. The band making the band is that what it was? Making the band. Yes. Okay. Making the van one like that. When you did real world, I was like, wait a second. I would know that. That doesn't matter. Uh, housekeeping for you are you ready it's april which means it's a new platinum item for patreon and this month it's the kfw kind of funny wrestling shirt kevin toss it up show it of course if you go to patreon.com slash kind of funny or patreon.com slash kind of funny games and support us anytime this month at the platinum level you will get this physical reward the kfw kind of funny wrestling shirt to support me and mike being a bunch of morons uh in making and well i shouldn't say making using all of parties created wrestlers and then we got new people making do you see this tam yesterday 
Dude, the Tam is ridiculous. I'm actually really jealous of the Tam. Was that all the party as well? No, 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 no. That that was somebody who got encouraged to come off. And I'm sorry, I don't remember your name right now. I'm scrolling back through my stuff. There it is. I'm throwing that was Ken Leader. Kevin, I'm throwing this to you in the old Slackarooski. If you can throw this one up. As you know, uh, we of course are having all of a kind of funny uh, do KFW, kind of funny wrestling. Uh, my Twitch streams with Mike, which are now on Mondays, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, later on youtube.com slash kind of funny plays, Olive Party, and then anybody who wants to in the kind of funny community are creating us in the game, and then we're using them in a fictional federation that me and Mike are going to commentate over. We have the world title. Uh, Ken Lester, uh, leader, Ken Leader, sorry, or Lighter, maybe, uh, made Tam here, and it's a fantastic Tam. If you're, uh, if you are an audio listener, you owe it to yourself to click over to YouTube or go to my Twitter or Tam's Twitter or Ken's, twi- or Ken's Twitter, which is Ken uh, Lighter, L I E T E R, and see Tam's entrance here. If you want, if Kevin, when you're done here, you don't have to stop yet. But if you scroll down uh, to the next tweet, he put in the different attires for Tam. Yeah. Like and he's got the Metal the... Gear attire and the Bloodborne attire, and it looks yeah, dope as hell. Yeah, this is great. This is that, like, not only is the Tam design spot on from like the face, the beard, and everything, but yeah, the outfit and the attire is sick because you are you do have the Bloodborne Hunter one on the far right and then the three different Metal Gear outfits. I want this. This is dope as hell. Uh, you can get it, of course, WWE2K22. You can download, search for the hashtag kind of funny. If you're making kind of funny people, put them up there. In the chat, Young Breezy Hunt says, I want to see a Janet. You can go to youtube.com slash kind of funny plays right now and see the last stream we did for KFW, the day zero stream where Janet's character, made by Olive Party, is there wrestling and great. So get out there, have some fun. I, this burp in me can't decide if it wants to come out or if it just wants to fuck up my speech the entire time. It's what are you awesome. doing, burp? Make up your mind. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Buy the platinum shirt. Uh, that wasn't enough. P.S. I love you. XOXO is live right now. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Uh, Roosterteeth.com podcast services around the globe. Remember, uh, maybe you didn't know. We've moved. Uh, P.S. I love you. We'll now record on Thursdays for Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Post on Fridays so it can catch you up on this week in PlayStation. The show's got a brand new format. And, of course, we're talking about PlayStation Plus being PlayStation Plus, and then of course E3 being dead and what that means. So go check that out. Can I say sh- pa- shout out to this morning's episode of PSWXOXO? Because like I, I think whenever we switch to a new format, there's that there's that level of nervousness of all right, like we're gonna we gotta ease into it. We gotta like figure out like at least what what parts of this are gonna be rough in terms of us like getting used to whatever the the, the differences are in the, the then the earlier version of the show. And I think like for this new episode, we absolutely nailed it. Like you especially absolutely nailed it in terms of you know definitely check it out. Like you changed up the intro. Uh, uh, it's definitely like. I don't know. I think it's a more like energetic and exciting way to start the show, but then also it still has the segments you love, right? It's still top of the show. It's still uh, PlayStation updates, even though now we call it this week in PlayStation because we're catching up on the week in PlayStation since we're toward the end of the week now. Um, but like, I, don't know, I think it's one of our one of the best episodes we've done, and I think that like that's a very impressive feat given that this is just a different. It's a different version of the show that I think is going to be fresh going forward. I think one of the things that works for it too is the fact that. Yeah, it's a new format, which is really just a refined format from what we've done. But it really felt like what was different this time is that we all communicated as one. I think in before, like you and me Frankenstein the show, but rarely talk to each other about the show. Like we see what the other's doing and that's what it's going to be. And then, you know, we pitch the segments around. Whereas this, you know, we had a pre-production meeting with everybody, you, me, Janet and Barrett. And it was like, here's what we want. We talked about what we like about the show, what we don't like about the show, what we want to do with it, what we don't want to do with it, what the new mission statement is for this week in PlayStation. And I think that then going through and being like, this is, we're going to put on the document, like, times we want to be out of these segments like you know we can we can hit them we can not hit them it doesn't matter but like we communicated in a way we don't which i think actually helped really pre-program the show and then saying at the top what we wanted what we were going to talk about meant we actually hit it so it was great i agree and we check it out out. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Fargo, Brady, Bransky, and Anonymous. Today we're brought to you. I should, I'm sorry, let me do that with more gusto. Thank you to our Patreon producers for the first time in April, Fargo, Brady, Pranksky, and Anonymous. Today we're brought to you by Uplift Desk, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Seven items on the Roper Report. Kevin, real quick, if I turned into, you know, I'm six foot three, if I turned into a six foot three inch long snake, you think I'd be able to pull it off and be cool? I'd be a big old boa constrictor, right? And I can still talk. I mean, do you have your, your, so you have your regular intelligence? Yeah. Do you still need to wear glasses? Yeah, of course. I Those are trademarks. Yeah, yeah. People really, like, I feel like if you're a giant snake with glasses, people will trust you. Did I miss something? Where'd this come from? It's I just, just did it like this. Evolved. I was yeah. acting like a snake a little bit down here, you oh, know? Okay. 
in my head, I was being very snake-like, you know? That was such a left turn. I'll, and the fact that Kevin had to an answer for you so quickly. Plus, I was like, you did like, I miss something? You, did I miss plus, a sentence there? I'm sorry to stop you. Can you just stop wasting time? Can we talk about video games? You know what I mean? Oh my God. I just like, I just like hanging out with you. Let's get to it. So many people want to hang out with you, too. You know what I mean? Are, we coming, are you coming over for WrestleMania this weekend? What do we do? We, we mentioned that a long time I'm, ago. Wait, is that happening? Are, we, are you doing I, a I think I mentioned party? it as... A, I, I did the thing where we were having a different... I think we were wrestling on the stream or something, and I threw mm-hmm. it out as a not, in a way that could have been interpreted as a joke, but if you want to come over and watch some wrestling this weekend, you let me know. I'm down. Let's do it. Number on one Sunday? on the rope for report. I, Sorry, I was asking if it was on Sunday, but WWE paper. It's one of those two nights things, but I know tomorrow is uh, mm. Rooster T- or Achievement Hunter Live. So, I mean, I yeah. know you can't come because you're going to that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, Sunday probably then. You know what I mean? Okay. Anyways, number one. E3 2020 has been canceled uh, officially again. <laughs> this is Rebecca Valentine over at IGN. Uh, after previously canceling its in-person E3 2022 event, the ESA has now informed its partners that there will be no digital event equivalent this year either, meaning E3 2022 has fully been canceled. The news broke via a tweet from Razor PR lead Will Powers, who said that an email has been sent out announcing the cancellation of the digital E3 event. IGN has independently verified the comments of the email as well, contents of the email as well. The ESA had initially planned for an in-person E3 event this year after having no event in 2020 due to COVID-19 and a digital one in 2021. However, this was canceled in January with the ESA at the time unable to make a public statement on whether or not there would be a digital equivalent. According to sources speaking to IGN at the time, discussions around E3 have been fraught throughout the year with third parties normally involved finding the ESA's ongoing silence regarding their plans frustrating. Sources connected to the event tell IGN that discussions about a possible digital equivalent have been ongoing ever since, but without strong momentum to drive them. Instead, the ESA seems to be making plans to regroup for a larger comeback in 2023. Update. The ESA has shared an official statement with IGN confirming E3 2022's cancellation and announcing that E... I don't know why I want to put a Z in there. You ever do that? You say words real weird way? It does say... It does seem like a word that could be pronounced as cancelization, but no, yeah. Cancellation. Cancellation. You got it. Kind of like roof, you know? Mm Mm-mm. It's roof. It's definitely roof. But here's the thing about that is what I want you to know. You know how like uh, the East Coast people say Mario, you know what I mean? But it sounds normal to them. Yeah. But when I say roof, I know, and I'm not saying I shouldn't be made fun. Like I kind of like Mario. Like I know it's wrong, but like I've started saying it that way because it's kind of it has some swag to it. Roof just sounds like you're from the Midwest. That so my all I'm driving to the only point I want to make to get back to the story from Rebecca Valentine at IGN is that when I say roof I don't think I'm saying roof wrong you know what I, like I say roof and I I think I'm saying I until until you guys started making fun of me for that I had no idea I said roof weird <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> it is so weird <laughs> we will devote. All our energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and digital E3 experience next summer. Whether enjoyed from the show floor or your favorite devices, the 2023 showcase will bring the community, media, and industry back together in an all-new format and interactive experience. We look forward to presenting E3 to fans around the world live from Los Angeles in 2023. The ESA adds that the 2022 showcase has been canceled so the organization can focus its resources on the 2023 show. Now, usually I would jump right in, bless, and get your reactions, but this is one of those stories that broke, obviously, at like, I don't know, 11.30 noon yesterday, it feels like, right after Games Daily was wrapped. So I'd rather bring in the fact that number two on the Roper Report, Summer Game Fest lives. Uh, shortly after all this shit happened and went live, Jeff Keighley wasted no time stepping up to the plate, calling his shot and hitting a home run. He tweets, excited to share that Summer Game Fest will return this June with a slate of events. We'll be, we'll be producing another kickoff live show with announcements, news, and first looks. Much more to share in the coming weeks, along with some very cool elements for 22. And then, of course, there was a June 2022 image. Uh, If that wasn't enough, it was called out on Twitter later on uh, from the Summer Game Fest FAQ. This is Summer Game Fest to show. Summer Game Fest 2022 will feature a slate of digital live stream shows, including a spectacular live kickoff show hosted by Jeff Keighley, filled with world premieres and Day of the Devs with I Am 8-Bit and Double Fine. The kickoff show will be followed by a series of TBA events from game publishers and platforms. Stay tuned for more details. Blessing. Greg. You have a telltale choose-your-own-adventure in here. Mm-hmm. You can start with, if you want, if you want a morning three, all right, that's that's your first option here. Number option number one: Do you want a morning three? Talk about the fact that you know you always wanted to go to one and all this stuff, and you've never gotten and COVID robbed you of it and all that shit. You could then, if you don't want to do that, you could go and talk about: Is this you know summer game fest going to be the game fest that 
knocks it out of the park and becomes this and Jeff Keighley's thing. Or you go the third and answer the question. Is the ESA batshit fucking crazy to think they're coming back in 2023? So, okay, that's actually where I wanted to start. Like, Let's as you're reading through the story, three. as you're reading through the story, that's exactly what I highlighted in the doc. I was like, we got to get back to that part because that was the part that I hadn't seen yet that I think was breaking up maybe later yesterday or during this morning, which is the ESA adding that, hey, we're uh, taking our 2022 showcase, that we're canceling that, we're focusing our resources on the 2023 show. Is there going to be a 2023 show? I think that is the big question. You know, like getting back to the part of morning E3, you know, it is sad, right? It's sad the fact that for me, and I'm sure for many people as video game fans growing up, you see E3. I think my first time uh, uh, learning about E3 might have been like around 2011, 2012. It was like through through me watching Spike TV and seeing E3 showcases wow. that way. Yeah, and it was like, I think like one of the early E3 showcases I remember watching was like, when they were announcing Wonderbook at PlayStation. And oh, maybe yeah. it was like a year or so before that where I like first started um, being aware of what E3 was. But ever since then, like, I would start to watch yearly and I would get very excited and I'd be like, oh shit. Like, it felt like an event. It felt like a, oh man, they're announcing all the games. Let's lock in. Like, let's get excited about this, this, this crazy thing that's happening. And E3 has kind of always been that, but it's lost steam in recent years because the ecosystem's been changing. Companies have been realizing that they don't necessarily need E3 to get their announcements out there, right? You have PlayStation pulling out in recent years. You have Nintendo having Nintendo Direct. And, like, they're still participating in E3 proper in terms of having a, a uh, uh, like, having a presence on the show floor. But you're seeing different companies have to take different approach or realize they can take different approaches to announcing and showing off their games. Yeah. And then with the pandemic, for, for an E3 that was already kind of waning in terms of, what do we want to be? How do we be what we want what we want to be in a world that's that's changing, becoming more digital? Going through the pandemic and having companies really have to figure out, all right, we're Ubisoft. There's not E3 in 2020. What are we gonna do? Let's do Ubisoft forward. And let's do that multiple times a year because turns out that works well for us, right? Like you have Ubisoft do that. You have um uh what was it? The nug, the not the nug dome, the actual dome. You have the actual, the actual dome happen. <laughs> DC fandom, bro. <laughs> you have DC fandom where you get the the uh, Gotham Knights announcement and the Suicide Squad announcement, right? Like you have these different outlets and these different places where companies go to. You have EA Play happen, hosted by Greg Miller and then and then Xavier Woods, right? Like okay, no, 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 mm -hmm. hosted by Greg Miller twice, killed by Xavier Woods. All right, killed by sure. Xavier Woods. Killed by Xavier Woods. You you have these companies find their own ways to do things, and it becomes this thing of now as we're approaching a now canceled E3 2022. I think the question becomes why? Like, what 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 is the purpose of doing a an event? One, if it's going to be digital, because I assume digital makes way less money because you don't have people paying to come out. You don't have a show That's floor crazy. that yeah. developers are going to. Uh, fork up money for right like a lot of money for too like it takes it takes a lot of money or it costs a lot of money for developers to participate in e3 right like you're losing out on that you're losing out on uh fans and press and all these people coming out and now you are a all right let's be digital let's get greg miller and michael hyam and these folks to host our events but you know have it be a more low-key thing that is now competing with summer games fest is now competing with like other presentations e3 i think is, has been losing its identity year after year after year after year and now that they're canceled this year, I think that identity might be on the verge of being fully lost and taken over by Jeff Keighley. I think Jeff Keighley is on the verge of like giving the killing blow to E3, and that's going to be determined, I think, by the next year or two. Yeah, I think everything you said is correct. And I just think the cat's out of the bag. I think that everybody has been forced by COVID and then by you know just E3 going away to figure out how to do this, and they've done it. Like, Do, do any of these publishers think that game access uh game information was hampered by the way they did this like i would argue i would think no right and even because even and i'm speaking on my ass and you know whatever even for the smaller games like you know i think indies get a better chance to shine the way microsoft and playstation use them now let alone the th way smaller showcases like it, you know when we did kind of funny game showcase or um the wholesome games uh, showcase or the mix showcases the gorilla collective like there's so many ways to show your games and E3 was about getting people in one place to see them in a world when the internet and digital games and digital access and demos weren't a real thing. And to the point now where it's like, if 
getting someone to play your game is that big of a deal. Of course, there's Parsec. Of course, there's these different things. There's there's guided demos. You can send videos on demand. You know, like the amount of demos recently that I've that been tried to book for, they'll hit me up and be like, hey, we're doing, you know, hands-off demo, Q&A with the developers afterwards. I'm like, I'd be interested in that, but the timing doesn't work, yada, yada, yada. After the fact, they just send me the archive that I can watch whenever I want to watch it. Like, that makes so much sense. And there's always going to be a place for preview events and live events and getting your hands on an actual game you know i i still can't talk about it there's an embargo coming up but like i went and played evil dead the game right and like that's a game that's you know four of you won so it's cool to be in the same room as people but i also think i could have done that on parsec yeah. and not lost too I, I did much from i did the same thing for bug snacks right which i can talk about because the embargo's already been up but like i did that for the isle big snacks dlc and that was at gdc and that was me you know, showing up to a room, sitting down, them demoing the game for me for about an hour uh, and having that experience. I could have done that from home. I could have done that from uh, Discord. They could have, if they wanted to, like, in, in a world where we wouldn't have been able to do that, they probably would have just made a build on PC that they could have sent me and I could have demoed it, demoed it that way. Yeah. Right? Like, there are so many other options that are outside of showing up to this big E3 event uh, where, where press would have to do it that way. Yeah. And so I think it's, you know, E3, I mean how many years and i'm talking about like not even kind of funny years to go to ign have people and us been talking about e3 is dead or how is it going to go or will it keep going and i think you know it sucks that covid exacerbated that but it did and it really did lead to a revolution in the way companies talk to you the consumer and us the press in a way that i don't think it matters to have that giant convention show floor everybody there that was awesome and that was fun but you get the same kind of experience in terms of hobnobbing from a GDC, from uh, a Game Awards, if you're at the top level, from a DICE, from a whatever. Not to mention that, you know, Jeff continues to also, you know, Jeff Keeley has three tent poles now, right? Summer Game Fest, which I guess this could you could put it into the same tent pole bucket, but Summer Game Fest, opening night live in Germany, and then Game Awards. Yeah. And so, like, you can still be doing that business in Germany if that's what you want to do on that level and have people play it, but... And I don't know, man. Like, I think the cat's out of the bag. I think developers and publishers understand they can go do this. And I think that for years I had heard horror stories about the ESA and who they were and how they charged or how they didn't work for the industry, yada, yada, yada. And I know since they banned me and then since I hosted last year's E3, there had been a huge shakeup, a huge change. The ESA isn't the same ESA it was before. But I also think the ESA is an organization that necessarily doesn't serve a purpose as much anymore yeah and i I, like my question is how much do they get it and that's a question for you because i think you you know more about the essay than i do like how much do they get it versus a jeff keely who like you know on one hand i'm looking at uh there was a chat that passed by a while ago it was from owl season who who, uh said here can someone explain to me the difference between e3 and summer games fest and i think that alone is kind of telling from the audience perspective of how much does e3 even matter in terms of the mind of the consumer when the summer is just filled with events right like yeah if E3 is not happening, you're still going to get Summer Games Fest kickoff, probably. You're still going to get Opening Night Live. You're still going to get Game Awards later in the year. You're still going to get all these. You're still going to get a PlayStation uh, State of Play or a PlayStation, you know, big presentation where they announce all their big games, right? You're going to get an Xbox showcase. You're going to get all these things, all these events that are going to announce all these exciting big games that are coming up. And you do not need E3 for that. So from the audience perspective, E3 is already waning. And of course, like this is it. Go. It's it, it. As far as like the question of what is the difference between E3 and Summer Games Fest that's of course going to differ for how long you've been paying attention and like how closely you pay attention right and like the the actual answer is the esa throws e3 which is a physical event that then associates associates themselves with microsoft with other big companies to then like the announcements at the xbox game showcase aren't technically e3 e3 is like what that ushers into in terms of like the show floor and people being able to demo games and play all these things but xbox will call it their e3 uh, showcase or their e3 press conference because that's kind of like that's kind of what it's leading into like would you is that right greg yeah like i mean like, okay. is, e3 it was originally started as a way to have publishers and this is long before indies were really a thing right so publishers show their games to retailers so retailers knew what to order and then press got to come in and hype do that marketing cycle and yada yada and then so over time yeah it's done what you're talking about where you know microsoft or playstation or nintendo would do these e3 press conferences but they were actually before the e3 show floor even opened they were like the precursors, the preamble, the opening ceremonies to uh, the Olympics, if you will. And then the show floor would open and you'd get all this stuff there. And over the years, it all evolved and changed. And then, you know, you're talking about like 
Microsoft calling it their E3 showcase, but then, you know, in years later, not my, just Microsoft, other people kind of backed off that, even though it was their presentation. It, it was this whole thing, but it was this idea that, I, I mean, it's an idea from a bygone era, obviously, when video games weren't the number one entertainment medium and, you know, making mi millions of dollars in hand over fist or whatever. But it was this idea of like, cool, as an industry, we all need to unify and have all eyes on us for this one week. This is This was always the big deal where, I remember being at IGN in 2007, 2008, 2009, and like it the E3 presentations at the time were designed for USA Today because they want PlayStation and Xbox and everybody wanted to be on the cover of USA Today. They wanted to be mainstream. This is the one time a year outside of the Christmas rush that you could be on the Today Show of what was going on, right? And even to go to the ESA's website right now, right? Uh, when you click on what, what, you know, what is the ESA or whatever, we are the ESA. The Entertainment Software Association serves as the voice and advocate for the video game industry. Our mission is to expand and protect the dynamic worldwide marketplace of video games. Who are we? The entertainment, the ESA is where the major players of video game industry work together to support the bright future of video games. Uh, the ESA has an unmatched track record in protecting the industry's First Amendment rights at both the federal and state levels. It's like, oh, you're an, you're an advocacy group, right? You're, you're, and I know this obviously, but to try to paint it, right? Like it's this coalition, right? That is trying to take care of games but also you know when there was stuff in congress or was there was these things they'd be the they'd be the group out there lobbying for things and doing that kind of stuff and i think you said to jump way back to your point now that i've yeah. given a little bit of information here right you said do they get it do does the esa get uh and i think you mean like where we are in time what ea3 is what the world needs out of an e3 or digital yeah. event right and i would tell you flat out no because like think about where we are and how we exist and what all this is, right? If you want to know about Summer Game Fest, where do you go? You go to Jeff Keighley's Twitter. Jeff Keighley, so news breaks, Jeff tweets about it and is right there to have a commentary on it and do stuff and say stuff. If I asked you right now, if you want to know what the ESA's reaction to any of this is, who do you, you go to? Who do you go to on Twitter? Where do you go? What do yeah. you do? Like the ESA is still existing as an organiz a faceless organization that wants to be I would assume, and I don't mean pulling strings in a bad way, but pulling strings and like operating and making all these things happen for the video game industry. But like the video game industry is so independent, so large, so sweeping that like, does Microsoft need the ESA? You know what I mean? Does do any of these people, does PlayStation need the ESA to go out there and speak for them? No, because Phil Spencer speaks for Microsoft. And I would, and like, if we're talking about, you know, the lobbying or going and talking like I think there's enough people who could go speak to that front and do it not to mention the American political system's entirely broken so would it even help is all posturing and doing whatever like I think the if the ESA wants to still be the hey we're the lobby group and we're this and we're out there protecting first amendment rights great you can do that and not run a trade show anymore yeah. like clearly and, that was your money maker and like you don't need to worry about that and i think that the thing that still kind of props the idea of e3 up is the fact that there is something nice in terms of having a week where everybody comes together to like have a big marketing event right like there's something nice about xbox participating and being being able to be like the big guys on the on the block and like you know flex game pass flex halo flex all their big games and then on the opposite end indie developers being able to come through and be and be like all right cool all eyes are on e3 now let's announce our indie game and have people pay attention to it and have people get excited for it in the way that like this is separate from e3 but it's the same idea like during the playstation ps5 like reveal event where we got spider-man miles morales and we got horizon from ben west right and we got all these big games we also got announcements for stray we also got announcements for i think solar ash was there we got announcements for these all these other games that are a bit smaller but but get hyped up and get excited because they get looped in with these things and now there's a story created right now like playstation is able to to, uh, to talk about the next couple of years after that and go cool you're getting miles you're getting stray you're getting solar ash you're getting horizon you're getting uh kane of bridge of spirits and it's all in the same breath and they all carry some sort of level of like this is the playstation identity right like i think in terms of marketing having that one week where everybody comes through and everybody uh, uh, promotes their game together and having this trade show that that then press comes comes down to and be and be able to preview and do all these things i think that is the the value of e3 that e3 could still hold but i think that jeff i think jeff keely wants to come through and take that away from from e3 and and have him be the so, the source of that i think that is kind of the the idea of having Summer Games Fest, oh, not Open Night Live, uh, Summer Games Fest kickoff, which is the one that happens that first week of June, right? Yeah. I think that having that that week is, is him trying to fill in that void of, 
All right, if for E3's sure. not able to do it, I'll Thanos style like put put my feet, my hand in the gauntlet and I'll do it myself. And then you have opening at night live, which is Gamescom, which is another time that happens. You have Game Awards, which is the end of the year, which is the perfect time for that to happen, right? Like I think Jeff Keighley is being very methodical about it, and he's been setting the 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 the, uh, the bricks very nicely for it. Where last summer Game Fest kickoff, you had Tiny Teams Wonderlands, right? That partnership with, with Gearbox, I'm sure, is big for him. You have uh, uh, Elden Ring, right, which is one of the biggest games of this year. Like and and you know that's like not surprising because it's jeff Keighley and he's done the game awards and they've had exciting announcements but him being able to have three events now like three big events during the year that have that level of excitement and that level of hype i think is huge and i think he's kind of in a really great place right now to come oh through in the next year or so and be like cool i'm the new e3 now right like i'm gonna do my own judges week for summer games fest i'm gonna maybe maybe not this year but like when the time is right right like maybe even do a physical event that press could come down to in demo games if they wanted to, right? But, but do it way differently from the ESA in like a smaller form. I'm sure Jeff could figure all that stuff out and make it happen. And he will. I mean, that's the thing is it's Jeff Keighley's world and we just live in it. Like, like yes, you're right. Jeff has been methodical about this and he's uh, uh, slowly taken it over. And I think it's for the best because does the ESA get it? Fuck no. Does Jeff Keighley get it? Fuck yeah. And it's that thing we talked a little bit on PS. I love you, right? Of like Jeff Keighley, I, I believe in Jeff Keighley. Jeff uh, has a great head on his shoulders. He loves games the way we love games, but he also loves helping developers showcase their games and do that. And so like at the end of every Game Awards, when he tweets out, like, I want all your feedback, good, bad, and the other, he wants that, and he makes those changes based on it. And so back to it, you know, of like, this summer game fest i don't expect this summer game fest to be the one that is like we look at it and go that was perfect i'm hoping though with the esa like rolling over and playing dead on it that if you were on the fence about trusting jeff now you're not because what I, I don't want the thanos uh snap he does the first event i want everybody to turn to jeff and be like cool we want to do this showcase jeff where would it make sense to fit and he sits there and programs it and tells you know okay cool so i know playstation's going this day we're going to kick off here playstation's going that day you guys should go there and so it is this thing of like what the worst part about all the showcases last year in 2020 right where the, when we got a month and a half in and you started seeing games double dip or triple yep. dip and it was like all right, it's hard to keep my excitement up for this entire like, press conference. How many times do we see Tribes of Midgard? Like Tribes yeah, of Midgard was exactly. at like five different presentations. And I think like I think it's far Summer Games Fest currently is far from perfect, but I think it is gonna be an iterative process because what Jeff Keighley's trying to do is something that is like big, right? And I think that's gonna take a lot of growth for him. It's gonna take a lot of growth for Summer Games Fest, and it's gonna take a lot of feedback. And I think it's gonna take him having a bit more control. I think that's been been the biggest thing with Summer Games Fest is that he's just not had control. A lot of it has been him attaching his name to things where I'm like, does Xbox even know they're part of Summer Games Fest or are you just saying this, right? Like, does Ubisoft 4 know they're part of Summer Games Fest or are you just attaching your name to this? I think when there is a, um, when, when there's a gap where ES, the ESA and E3 are absent, I think then Jeff starts to get more power and starts to starts to be able to have those conversations a bit more, right? Like, right. in a perfect world for Jeff, I think Xbox and Ubisoft and whatever other showcase come to him and go, all right, we want to let's let's all get a part be, uh, be a part of this calendar and let's all be a part of this formalized summer games fest madness. Uh, and Jeff is able to make that happen. Jeff is able to make those decisions and go. All right, you Xbox, you are in June. Ubisoft, you are in July. Uh, Nintendo, you are also you're later in June, right? And be able to lay that out there. But I think for companies that are that big and companies that like. I don't know, don't want to like uh, allow their whole marketing plan to be up to one man. I think that's still going to be a difficult thing. Like, I don't, well, I don't know. Like, I don't think it needs place. to be up to one man as much as it just needs to be like, hey, Jeff, you're air traffic control on this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. let's go there. I don't think he needs to do everything and have it. I, I think that, you know, you talked about like, does Xbox know they're part of Summer Game Fest? Because when Summer Game Fest initially got announced, we we're like, oh, Jeff's running everything. And then it was like, oh, no, Jeff's building a thing around it in the same way we, we live react to things we just call them live reactions and whatever and we put our shows on them jeff was doing that on summer game fest and trying to make a, a hub that was like in some ways a big google calendar of what was going on i think just having a little bit of oversight to talk about it and letting him be the gaming czar helps and i don't think it needs to be a super formalized thing of like he plans every show and does everything but letting him be involved with that and go um I, we've gone a long time on this one. Obviously, it's the biggest story of the day. Don't matter. Uh, Gaming Owl Seasons says, uh, would ESA and the E3 uh, work in partnership with Summer Game Fest or is there bad blood there? The ESA and E3, sure, they would love to be part of Summer Game Fest. They would love to do that. Jeff Keighley would not in 100 million years because if you remember in 2020, before everything went to hell, right? Before the pandemic went to yes. hell, uh, it was when Jeff was like, I can't be a part of E3. I've seen what they're doing and I, I just can't. After 
I think he said 25 years or whatever it was. I forget. After an absorbent amount of time, I can't be a part of this and yada, yada, yada. And the pandemic took care of it. But since then, like, why would Jeff go back to that, right? Like, Jeff's got his own thing now. He's out from underneath the thumb of the ESA and he can do whatever he wants with it. So, no, I don't think he would ever do that. And then I want to double back because BJ Bernardo wrote into something you said, Bless. Do you think or do you see E3 returning when it can as an in-person event, hopefully next year? Will Mr. Keeley's Summer Games add an in-person event next year? I am of the belief, and I, I'd love to be wrong because I love E3 and I love going to LA and I love hanging out and I love seeing games stuff. I don't think the I don't think E3 comes back from this. I don't think ESA is able to come back from this. I don't think really? that they. I don't think there'll be another E3. No, like as we were joking about at the top, right, where they're like, we want to double down and focus our resources on the 2023 show. God willing, there is a 2023 show, and Greg Miller's hosting it, and I'm talking, doing the, my, one of my favorite things of, that's part of my job, which is talking to developers about games they're excited for. That's what I love to fucking do. I hope it's there. I hope it works. I do not see how that could happen. I do not see how the ESA is like going to be able to get people that want to do this because, again, like, cool, you've had to do this on your own for basically three years. There was a showcase last year for E3, right? But, like, basically, it's been this thing. What service are... Like if, if the ESA shows up and they're like, hey, so we're doing this thing and we'd like you to be on it and we want some money. And they're like, why would I give you money? <laughs> I hired mm-hmm. in the in the three years since E3 has been gone for all intents and purposes. I've hired uh, this team that makes videos and makes content and does showcases. And, you know, Jeff's doing his thing and kind of funny he's going to do in the blah, blah, blah. Like there's all these different things of like, why would I turn over and, and partner with you on this well the reach well this well i can get the reach somewhere else like people are all about people are now used to tuning into twitch and watching these things and catching it later like why would you do that yeah i'm right there with you i agree i but i i think the one thing is i do think they will i think there will be an event in 2023 but i think it's going to be bad i think like mm. i think it's going to be a sucky event for all the reasons that you're talking about i think yeah. the partnerships aren't going to be there Just content I think, right yeah i think the content's not going to be there i think they make the partnerships that they can and like try to make it happen because like e3 is is esa's baby and i think they're gonna i think they're gonna go for it and i think it's gonna be such a thud and i think that'll be directly then compared to whatever jeff or whoever else is doing and and people will will, will look to that and go oh well I'll just tune into Summer Games Fest instead, or oh, I'll just tune into PlayStation's thing or Ubisoft's thing, you know, because it's either they're going to be doing it by themselves or they're going to be doing it with Jeff. And I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I, I think the thing is, it's, it's what you're talking out of. What have you done for me lately? And ESA hasn't really done much for people lately in terms of like real, practical, tangible, like, all right, like, yeah, like this is why I need you. I think they've, they've, they've kind of lost that in recent years. And then do you think that there'll be a in-person Summer Game Fest next year? I think there'll be a judges week. I, I I think they'll do that because like Jeff Keeley, he ran summers week for E3, if I'm correct, right? Correct. So the yeah. if you are, if if longtime listeners remember, both for me at kind of funny, and then uh, when IGN did it, there used to be an event called Judges Week, which was in May, uh, which is you know usually a month before E3. P- press would go down there, judges would go down there, and judges would be like you know a, a representative from all the different outlets that would go down there and play stuff ahead of time, so it wouldn't get lost in the E3 shuffle. That that way they could you know, smaller games usually uh, that when E3 comes around, that number one you could talk to your outlet about it, but more importantly for the official E3 awards, which then evolved into now what the Game Awards judging panel is right like you could go down and do that thing and understand what's going on yeah so i think there will be that i think beyond that beyond yeah. there would have to be some kind of partnership with jeff and like read pop or jeff or some kind of company that knows how to do like it doesn't have to be an expo right it doesn't have to be packs but i think if you're doing a physical event there is way more work that needs to be put into that than a showcase like you just you have to know how to produce and you have to know how to like put together a team and all this stuff to do a showcase but when you're talking about flying people out and having a day one day two like go around you know talk to these developers get the demos in that is a that is a herculean task that i don't know if jeff has in him with his resources right now but i think if he partners up with a bigger organization that does do that kind of thing then it'll happen but i don't know if it's going to be the summer games fest showcase i think it'll be a here's pax big or like here's like so pax big is a terrible name but here's like some kind of event that now jeff keely is connecting himself to as a cool this is where you go for the summer games fest uh, uh demos and showcases and stuff because we can't stop talking about this you know what i mean because it's just impossible or whatever uh I, there's a, there's something going through here that I want to address, of course, right? In uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, Simpatico115 says, Every reason it doesn't make sense to participate in three stands for Summer Game Fest. I completely disagree with you. 
And I'm, especially as we're talking forward of a next year thing, right? Because, you know, I was talking about like, you come to, uh, you know, you come to, and I'm not even trying to at all front, like I know the details of how this works. Stick with me though, okay? E- ESA comes and he's like, hey, we're doing E3 2023. Give us X amount of dollars and you can be a part of it and have your showcase. Why would I do that? Like, what's your reach? What are you doing? I can do this on my own or partner up with like an IGN or whoever for free and have it and have some of that stuff in there, right? If it was the other way around, Jeff Keighley comes to you and says, as he does, hey, come be a part of Summer Game Fest, kick off live. It's X amount of dollars to do that. People are going to go, yes, as Blessing and Greg just said, you get it. You have a presence. You can make hype. You can generate hype for shit. Can the ESA generate hype for what they're doing? And I say this is the man who hosted their live show before, right? Like it was that thing of no one understood what we were doing because they weren't making it clear beforehand. And I'm just the host there. I'm not the producer. I'm not the, like, you know, I'm, I, this isn't a kind of funny thing where I'll build the fucking show in front of you. It was like, all right, cool. We're going to go down there and basically do that. But I was the one saying that on shows because their press releases weren't making that clear. And so you jump to deadline.com uh, from December 20th, 2021, uh, Alexandra uh, Del Rosario. The game award reaches new viewership high with 85 million live streams. I don't know what the ESA E3 live show that I hosted, what their numbers were. It was not 85 million live streams. Jeff Keighley gets to come show that number and go, this is what I'm talking about. I will cut a hype reel that will go out days, if not weeks before to promote you're there. You will get a tweet. You will get this. You will get that information, right? Like, did E3 handle any of that well for 2021 as the host of the show? Again, I would say no. Like I was the one who was like getting asked, not even on interviews, random podcasts I was doing for kind of funny. People would want me to explain what the show was or what I knew was going to be there. And then it's that thing of like, well, I didn't produce it. I don't know what's unannounced, what's not announced, blah, blah, blah. Like Jeff is on another level in terms of promotion. Like if you're giving Jeff money to show your thing, to sell your ad, to do whatever, you understand what's going to happen and where you're going to see that go in a way you wouldn't actually see with ESA and E3. I digress. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sick of advertising Jeff Keeley. Instead, I'll advertise patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Over on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can write in to be part of the show. You can get the show ad-free. You can get it with the post-show. We do each and every weekday. However, for right now, the big thing is that you could get the show ad-free. But guess what, Jack? You're not watching on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. So here's a word from our sponsor. Shout out to Uplift for sponsoring this episode. I've been using my Uplift desk for well over a year now. I love the thing so much I decided to write a rap song for them. The build quality is real good. It's made of real high quality wood. They didn't ask for it. I just did it anyway. Getting my Uplift desk immediately improved my mood. Whenever I'm on shows, I'm standing up. I'm feeling a lot more energetic. And also, I kind of feel like I was just maybe creating some bad habits sitting down at a desk all day. I would move my legs up. I'd sit underneath my legs on my chair. And eventually, all that stuff just created really bad back pain for me. Choose from laminate, whiteboard, bamboo, solid wood, butcher block, or even custom solid wood or laminate options. Uplift Desk won New York Times Wire Cutters Best Standing Desk from 2019 to 2022. And while I'm at it, I'm just going to give them an award as well. Best Standing Desk that I use in my bedroom from when they sent it to me until now. Uplift Desk have a 15-year warranty. They ship the same day you order with free shipping and free return shipping. So if you've been feeling the effects of sitting at a desk for eight hours a day, maybe you want some more energy in your life. Maybe you want to do squats in the middle of a Zoom call or something. Uplift your life. Go to kindoffunny.com slash uplift. I love how the Twitch chat loves the Andy ad. Because it's so out of the blue and so weird and Andy-like. That makes me happy. What if we just made every ad an Andy ad? I would love that if Andy just got to read all the ads. Don't worry about it. Even though I like mine because I've been using the teleprompter and I just did next week's one and I, I think it was for, oh, DoorDash. And so, like, I'm reading the script, and then I pause the teleprompter to just talk about how much I love DoorDash, and I restart the teleprompter. <laughs> I do fun stuff, too. But the problem is, when you're Greg Miller, you've been doing it for 15 years. People are just used to it. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Andy usually comes on a podcast, sits there like a bump on a pickle, doesn't say anything. So he actually does something. People are like, ah, oh, fuck, Andy's When was great. the last time Andy even did an ad? Is that the first time? I've never seen Andy do an ad in his life. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure he's done it. Yeah, he's done it. He's done Uplift stuff before. I've seen Has he? Uplift okay. stuff I've not done an ad in a while. I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of missed it a little bit. You got. Yeah, I, don't, I don't miss it enough to to tell you guys. Kevin, go guys, put like, him on the thing for next God week. Right damn now. It, that's what I was scared of. <laughs> I didn't uh, know you uh, number three on the Roper Report: Halo Infinite is going to feature content from the TV series. This is Gene Park over at Washington Post. Uh, Halo Infinite will someday feature content cross marketing <laughs> with the Paramount Plus TV series, according to Three Four Three Industries. 
Uh, uh, at some point, I'm going to lose weight. <laughs> I just let you know, someday it's going to happen. In an interview with the Washington Post in early March, 343 Community uh, Director Brian Gerard uh, said the team is looking at ways to feature the show within the game's universe. Quote, we have some content that is inspired by the show that will be coming, to, uh, coming out in the game a little bit further down the road, Gerard said, with no timetable specified. The long-awaited second season of Halo Infinite arrives May 3rd. 343 Industries is expected to ramp up communication on the new content during the season. Uh, time will tell whether the studio is able to create assets from the show into the game on top of the already uh, on top of the other core issues that fans have been waiting to see addressed, including player complaints of a lack of content and desync issues that have messed up player timing. Seasons in live service games typically last a handful of months. Uh, the first season of Halo Infinite, however, ha- will have lasted six months by May 3rd, as unusual amount of time in the market place by contrast fortnite updates new seasons every three months halo infinite launched with the promise of speeding up seasonal updates and statin uh said work on the third season is also underway obviously i cut out a whole bunch of stuff from this article because of time and then also you know a lot about halo already uh blessing have you watched halo uh, the tv no. show okay any plans to ever no i no I, I i'm just i'm not interested from one i just don't really care about the halo story that much when i'm playing yeah. halo i'm usually just playing the multiplayer like I, I like the shooting mechanics i like the the multiplayer deathmatch modes but then also like this seems like you're not, it's not getting the best reviews it seems like it's very fine yeah which fine. for me is like if i'm gonna watch a halo tv show i need it to be more than fine and so it seems like a very much a very skippable one to me uh the i think this story is interesting because like i never even thought about the crossover that could happen between the halo infinite uh, game and the in the halo tv show um that's not something that crossed my mind i'm sure if you're a fan you're like yeah where is the halo tv show content in the game but right right now i'm focused on like all right when's the game gonna get more content period like when is the game gonna get excited exciting again because yeah i was gonna say well you played it at launch right have you gone back any at all no like i played a lot that first month and i was having a blast with it and when they did start to like cycle in modes and cycle in like they had a they had the fiesta mode which i was in love with and i I, they they went and made that permanent and they were doing stuff like that that i thought was awesome in that first month but then i think for me what was the the thing that brought it down was like there was there was like a handful of maps that i just didn't like um like some of the bigger maps i thought were kind of rough uh and i would get those enough to where i'm like ah okay i'm not into it and then also like I felt like I had played enough of the same maps in the same modes to where I was just like, okay, I'm done with this. You know, like yeah, I had a yeah. good first month, but I'll wait for more content to come through and more con like, like more exciting content didn't come through for me. And so like, I just didn't feel the, the need to go back. Um, I think the other thing for me would be that if my friends were to go back and play it, sure. but that's also the thing is, you know, it's, I don't think Snow White Mike has been going back to Halo. I don't think Andy's been going back to Halo. My friend Rihanna, my friends Rihanna and Danny, uh, I would play Halo with them as well, and they've not gone back to Halo. Like, we've just been going back to Apex to play that. Um, and so, yeah, like, t- Greg, one day I'm going to do my taxes. Someday. I mean, you, you, oh, for, okay, I was going to say, for the record, that's not a funny joke. you gotta get, you got to get on that. I know. It's April 18th. This is the deadline. I'll, I'm doing it this weekend. Okay, cool. I appreciate that. Uh, number four on the Roper Report, speaking of the U.S. government, senators are weighing in on the Activision uh, Blizzard Xbox acquisition. And it should be the other way, I guess. Xbox's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. We go to Ryan Leston over at IGN. Bernie Sanders and three other U.S. senators have raised concerns about Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Quote, we are deeply concerned about consolidation in the tech industry and its impact on workers. Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Cory Booker, and Sheldon Whitehouse uh, wrote per the Wall Street Journal. According to letters sent to the FTC, the senators are worried that the acquisition acquisition could cause issues experienced by Activision Blizzard employees to be forgotten or made harder to solve. They also call out the fact that, of course, Bobby Kotick might get off scot-free, even though he's been a pretty terrible human being throughout this entire situation, based on every report you've ever read about it. So keep your eyes on that if anything's going to go with that. But yeah, obviously, I mean, Activision Blizzard and all the fucking dirtbags that fucked everything up there should be held to every standard and fucking broken rule they have but we'll see what happens do you do you think something happens if like more acquisition happens in terms of like if PlayStation, if like a rumored big playstation acquisition happens right and then xbox fires back and buys uh, ubisoft and then playstation buys konami konami and like ea or whatever right like do you think at some point elizabeth warren bernie sanders and cory Corey booker and sheldon whitehouse go yeah, right, don't leave sheldon it. whitehouse's name out your mouth all right come on get him in <laughs> you don't think sheldon whitehouse has the stuff to like come and be like hey stop it <laughs> stop acquiring all these companies i of course am what you would define as the town idiot i don't know much about adult things on this level but from what i remember when when activision blizzard stuff happened when microsoft was buying it i remember early reports there and talking about it on kind of funny games daily it seemed 
that it wouldn't be an issue people thought because it's not being consolidated in one place. If it was mm. Xbox buying everything and no one else buying other stuff, then there seems like there would be the cause for concern. But because it is Xbox buying and PlayStation buying and Tencent buying and, you know, uh, uh, the guys from yesterday. Quantic Dream people, they're buying Quantic Dream. NetEase, they're buying stuff. It seems like that's what's happening. And that's like cause for concern, obviously. But because multiple big fish are scooping up a little fish, it's not what's going on. I Mm -hmm. think it's okay. You know what I mean? I think it's okay. Yeah. Kebabs on TV says it's the village idiot, Greg. I made up my own term there, Kebabs. Like, you Wait, what did you say? I don't know if I can remember village moron. Yeah, what he said? I, I, I did or... not catch it. I, I assumed you said village idiot because I wasn't paying attention. I assumed you knew what you're talking about. You're usually I mean, again, I, does it matter? You know what I mean? Does it oh, you matter? said the town idiot? Oh, how I, that's an idiotic thing to say, Greg. Well, Ke- Kebabs says the town idiot, yeah, but like again, it's because I live in a town. Kebabs lives in a village in his little cobblestone hobbit house, all right? He eats every day out of a wooden bowl with a wooden spoon. His fucking grandfather carved out of the tree over there, right? Tread lightly, Greg. Villages still one. exist. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very much – I'm picturing both Yoda and then hobbits, all right? I'm not, okay. not, I'm not talking – like, no, calm down. We're not going anywhere weird with this. I don't know where Kebab lives. You know what I mean? Kebab's village specifically is what you're talking about. Exactly, of course. Yeah, he's got the he's got the chickens roasting on a spit out there. Now that sounds delicious, but the problem is, of course, they still trade in salt and pepper. All right, spices are their currency, so this chicken bland is shit. You know what I mean? I you ever had bland really... chicken? Nobody wants exactly. that. You know, let's move. It's away. terrible. Now in here, Clay Verium says he's probably from Kansas. No, 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 no. All right, all right. Kansas, no? Kansas wishes they had the intellectual power to make a village. All right, you want to talk about people rubbing sticks together over there? You know what I mean? Don't even get me started. All right. Wait, I, I've not listened to the Confounding Podcast in a while. You have beef with Kansas? Oh yeah, I got. I got have beef you with ever Kansas. watched the yeah. content? Yeah. I'm just not just since scary. I got hired. When I got hired, I, I immediately stopped. I mean, it's yeah. a well-known IGN bit as well. Maybe not as hard there because at IGN, like, I'd have to worry about some stupid, you know, uh-huh. it's hard in Kansas. I understand that. Again, no power, running water, electricity. But I do know that they have cardboard over there that they write things. Other people visit and they write things they've heard. So I knew eventually if I talk shit on IGN, somebody would write it in the cardboard, pass it around. They get over there, roar now. <laughs> We're not Kansas mayor would look like oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can't fucking talk. Uh, you can't fucking the, talk. You know for what all I mean? the best friends in Kansas, you should move. You should move, you know? Oh my god, get the fuck out of there. If you're somehow getting this information, this is very much a plea. You know what I mean? Like I don't know what they did or said to you, but you can it's not like that everywhere. It's not like that everywhere. You don't have to poop in a hole and bury it everywhere. All right. <laughs> you can come. There's other states in the land. You can come to them. Come and get out of there. Missouri's right there. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Missouri, huh? Yeah, that's right. You know, I'm not gonna talk shit because I know you're from the zoo. I don't. I don't want that heat. I don't need you roasting Illinois as well. Actually, you're yeah. from Illinois, so you wouldn't do that. And that's the thing is, you know, look look around. There's so many great states there, and that's then you great. got Kansas, this one that just time forgot. You know what I mean? The forgotten lands. The forgotten forgotten lands. lands in general, right? Yeah, okay. Number five on the rope report. Capcom is raising its employees' base salary by 30% in Japan. Uh, this is Tom Ivan at VGC. Uh, Capcom has announced plans to raise Japanese salaries as part of wider changes to its human resources operation ahead of an expected fifth consecutive year of record profits. Profits uh, from the beginning of 2020. Uh, that's basically it. We got, we're long today. That's a great move. We always talk about the horrible things happening in the video game industry. That's pretty cool. Hey, yeah. we do, we're doing really well. We'll pay it back to the employees. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. More companies should do this. Kind of funny should do this. Yeah. I think, I mean... You see, you tricked me because I don't. I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I was going to say lightly, I don't know. Right? I was going to make a comment, but I guess that's human resources. I don't know if I can. Story number four or six. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the Division Two's new mode. I, this is about Division Two new mode, and I called shitting t- shitty timing. This is Paul Tassi over at Forbes. The Division Two has taken a bit of an odd path through the live service corridor in the past few years. While it started out with a good amount of post-launch content, it effectively took an entire year off. And while many figured that Ubisoft was moving on, including announcing a spin-off free-to-play game set in the universe, that turned out not to be the case. It was announced that yes, more content for the Division Two itself was coming. And here, in year four, we now have a look at what exactly that means. It's an odd situation, however. Though the new content is live on the PTS, 
that's the public test server, uh, right now. The Division 2 is not talking about it openly or promoting it at all, really. That's because of, quote, current events, namely the war in, Ukra in, in Ukraine. And now we know why. The new Division 2 mode is called C Countdown, which has armed forces assaulting slash defending a nuclear power plant. I suppose that hits a bit too close to home to the realities of Russian forces taking over similar power plants in the Ukraine as we speak. The division was division has always hit weirdly close to home between its pandemic and then militaristic occupation of the capital. And this time things are actually less on the nose, I'd argue. Uh, but I understand why they wouldn't want to big, do a big push for it right now. They probably will come once it's closer to going live. Countdown has you completing a few different objectives like securing locations and fending off enemies first in two groups. Then you eventually merge together as one and all eight players have to take on a large number of enemies, which can include hunters. Uh, you then have to extract to finish the encounter all while being on a timer that Man, sounds Ubisoft. great like this is always a ubisoft issue where it's like yeah rainbow six uh, uh what was it called before extraction rainbow six pandemic quarantine quarantine rainbow six quarantine like they had a delay <laughs> and changed the name of for a while because like because of the actual pan pandemic going on this happening with the division is yeah that's unfortunate as well it seems like they keep running into this specifically yeah the most sounds cool I, you know, I'm a big Division 2 fan. I had that thing last year with my stats where I was like, could I really play that much Division? I was like, oh, yeah, I did really play that much Division last year in 2021. So I'm stoked for more of that to drop. So, yeah. Are you going to play it when, it when it drops? Oh, 100%. Yeah. We had a lot of fun with that coming back to the Division 2. Mm -hmm. Are and they going to put out... Well, I guess I was going to say, are they going to put out like Division 3? But they're working on Heartland still, aren't they? Yeah, and Paul's article goes on to talk about the fact that, of course, the, the free-to-play Division Heartland got announced last year, and then just we haven't heard anything about it, which doesn't, you know, and Ubisoft not afraid to cancel shit and, like, be quiet about shit forever. So mm -hmm. what does that mean? Who knows? And then, of course, the fact that this content is because of the support Division 2 got last year when they're like, it's the final, you know, final piece of content for it, and everybody played it and loved it. And they're like, oh, fuck, okay, we'll make more. We'll see. Blessing, I can't wait to see the Division 2's countdown. 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 Uh, come off the PTS and come to the LS. <laughs> but that's so that's live server. <laughs> but that's so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grab shops, where would I go? You would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, Diesel Punk Wars on Switch, Flat Kingdom Papers Cut Edition, all the PlayStations, all the Xbox Switch, Rotund Rebound on PC, Super Cyborg on Xbox One, Terror Bane on Switch and PC, Wizard Mike on Switch, and then Among Us gets a horse mode, and it's live only for today. It's not an, it is an April Fool's, but it's not an April Fool's. Like they're doing it, you can go play it, but then it's gone after today. One uh, of the new few dates. good ones. One of the few huh? good April Fool's jokes. Well, because you can actually do something with it. You can actually play exactly. The game. New dates for you. Uh, the State of Unreal is happening April 5th at 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, it's the State of the Unreal Engine. Uh, you can get it on Twitch and YouTube, unrealengine.com slash State of Unreal. Join us on April 5th for our State of Unreal live stream, where we'll explore what's in store for the future of games and announce some exciting news. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's interesting. Okay, let's see what's up there. Uh, deals of the day. I go, I go to Kotaku, where John Walker writes... It seems an extraordinary thing for it to be a news story that one and a half years after its release, you can buy an Xbox. But we live in extraordinary times. And right now is the first time the Xbox Series X has ever been easily available. You can just buy one, you know, if you have a spare $500. But today, if you went to, say, Amazon or Walmart, you can just buy an Xbox Series X. Like, click the button, and it gets delivered. <laughs> Goodness knows how long this will last. But for now, at least, a weird sense of normality has settled into one of the aspects of our lives. So if it's still up, you can go get a Series X right now. Knock your socks off. Have some fun. Thank you. Thank you, John Walker at Kotaku. Love Dean Falcon the Winter Soldier. That was again. Thank you. Uh, we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set everything record straight for it's been a long week. Uh, now, now I'm in my head about it. Dylon12 writes in and says, you said my name 100% right and I'm fucking stoked on it. Love you guys. We love you too. Congratulations. Oh my fucking God. So it turns out the kebabs lives in New Zealand, of course, where they filmed all the Lord of the Rings things. So he really does live in a little village where he has a little stone cobblestone thing where his dad made a spoon in the bowl out of the tree that his grandfather was, you know, planted around. I don't know. Oh, dear. 
Kebabs, <laughs> how hairy are your feet? <laughs> you know what I mean? Are you obsessed with rings? You drink mead over there? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, oh, yeah. Boars and Double Zero has something. I'm using the last few bits of internet to let you know that while Kansas might be backwards in some things, uh, no, then it goes off. I can't read the rest. That's sad. But I'm sure... <laughs> When you roll over tonight and you tell your wife, a.k.a. your sister, about it, she'll be very excited. <laughs> and then Matt, Ma, Matt, Mamba, Matt Mamba, Matt Mamba <laughs> says Andy's first ad read is about snakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, what an episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Fuck Kansas and fuck kebabs, all right? That's what I'll say right now. I'll just get it all <laughs> oh, out there. Lord. You know what I mean? I actually was bored. Fuck Borson. Fuck everybody in Kansas who wants to talk shit on a Friday. All right. I'll just come swing it. I don't care. I'm the town idiot. Say whatever I want. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the fun doesn't stop here. You can uh, stay on, if you're on Twitch, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Uh, Mike and Tim are about to play some Kirby. Then I'm going to join Mike to play some Curse to Golf after that. Um, right now, though, Blessing and I are going to go back over to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, record our post show. Uh, and then, of course, next week, you'll get a banger of a cast of new people out here. Did you did you update this? I didn't update this. I did just update? updated it just now. Thank you so much. So Monday, it'll be Blessing and Tim hosting Kind of Funny Games Daily. Tuesday, me and Gary. Wednesday, Blessing and Janet Garcia. Thursday, me and Tim. And then Friday, Blessing and Andy. Remember? Thursday is actually uh, Tim and Tam, I should say. You f- you fucking sorry I missed that, that one. one. I got all the you other set, days. You set me right up to knock me down. You know what I mean? That's what I do. I can't believe That's what I do. I can't believe you're you my Kansas. Me. Don't say that. That's you. That's stuff you can't take back. The King of Halloween stuff's all fun, but like to compare me to Kansas, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I did, do I sound like Rock Nor, <laughs> the mayor <laughs> over there? You know what I mean? I, I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, remember, of course, the new Patreon shirt up, patreon.com slash kind of funny games, patreon.com slash kind of funny wrestling one. Remember, PS I Love You's live on its new day, Friday. We're having a lot of fun over here. We hope you are too. If you like us, we like you. <laughs> Till next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs>